Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe on all of our platforms. Twitter, Instagram, social media, Facebook as well. Harp on Sports, the Facebook page. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. Podcast available for you at Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. What do we have in store for you on this edition? We get into our NFL, Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe on all of our platforms, Twitter, Instagram, social media, Facebook as well. Harpon Sports, the Facebook page, Harpon Sports, the YouTube channel. Podcast available for you at Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. What do we have in store for you on this edition? We get into our NFL postseason nuptials. Who am I married to? Who's winning this thing? History would teach us. Now, the NFL postseason has expanded. Back when it was four teams on wildcard weekend, two road teams always won. We had a stretch of like 14 out of 15 years or 14 out of 16 years where at least two road teams won. Well, we added two more games. So does that mean the third road team will win? We like two road teams this weekend. We're going to tell you who they are coming up. Also, who wins this thing before it's all said and done? Got me thinking with Georgia knocking off Alabama in the national championship game. Who's next? Who's due? Who's due? Who? who? So I'm going to give you the three programs that are due next. My criteria for due it's been 30 years since you won a national championship. Can't do who's due. Well, they haven't won one in eight years. No, no, no. Who's due? 30 years is my benchmark. So going to dive into that as well. Also, Major League Baseball, the owners, the players got together. Apparently not even close. Not even close. Owners offering some things. The players want a little bit more. It, baseball gets caught up in all this minutia with the minor league system and that's why they have so many problems because they try to keep guys in the minor leagues as long as possible. There's where the fight is. Instead of the fight needs to be over here. It's like, and it's, it'd be like the NFL arguing over sock length and uniform, you know, structures. Baseball argues about all the wrong things. Baseball spends a small amount of time in the draft and then on to the next baseball is the exact opposite. They spend all the time on all this minutia at the lower level instead of what's going on at the big boy level. We're going to address the big boy level, but let's start off first with the NFL postseason. And in my previous podcast, we went back and looked what I got right, what I didn't get right. And there's a small amendment I'm going to make. At the beginning of the year, I said the Rams would beat the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. In the AFC, I like the Titans over the Browns. I missed that one. Um, but overall, look, I got three of the four there, right? I went back and through and looked. I, I had Derrick Henry as my MVP. I was really high on the Titans as the one seed. Shocked that they still ended up the one seed without him. Shocked. He's coming back. What's he going to give us? I don't know. And because I don't know what Derrick Henry is going to give, and the fact that the Chiefs are the two seed, and they get to host the Steelers, and then they turn around and maybe host the Bengals. and it, Yeah, they, they get to avoid the Bills here a little bit. So... Just from a structure standpoint, having been there, having done that, the Titans having been there and getting deep, playing the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game a couple years ago. In the AFC, I like the Chiefs to beat the Titans. I thought long and hard about this. If I if I knew Derrick Henry was healthy, that this would be easy. 
this would be easy, but I don't know what Derrick Henry's going to be able to give them. I don't. So I think the Chiefs upset the Titans in the AFC, and in the NFC, I think it goes chalk. I really, really do. I think when it's all said and done, the Packers dump the Bucks, and then the Packers beat the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Rematch a Super Bowl I. So that's what I think happens, at least overall. Now, I kind of did this the inverse of this, right? So I'm going to go back now and look at what's going to happen opening weekend. So that, that's what I think is going to happen. This opening weekend, I think you get two upsets. I think the Raiders beat the Bengals. And I think, ready for this? The Niners going to Dallas and win. Two road teams always win. I shouldn't say always. 14 of the last 16 years. Two road teams win. Find them. Who are they? I have a tough time seeing the Patriots winning. You know, let's face the two. Let's let's go to the top of the pecking order. The the Eagles aren't going to go to Tampa and win, and the Steelers aren't going into Kansas City and win. So you can wash those things out. And then I just I'm sitting here having a tough time squaring. You know, the, the Patriots could I guess beat the Bills. I just don't see it happening. I don't. I don't see them having an answer for Josh Allen. And I was thinking on Monday night. The Rams and the Cardinals, both these teams are all over the place right now. So, yeah, you could have a third road team win there. Maybe you could talk me into that one. You could. You could talk me into that one. But everywhere else I look, I mean, just not buying it. So, AFC, Chiefs win at home. I think they win going away at home. The Bills are going to win. And I like the one upset. I like the Raiders beating the Bengals. In the NFC, Bucks. Can take care of business at home. I like the upset. I like the Niners to go into Dallas and win. And the other one you could talk me into is the Cardinals and the Rams, although I think the Rams are going to beat them on Monday night. So there we go. That's what happens opening weekend in the postseason. And, you know, the NFC is so top-heavy. I mean, let's face it. The Bucks and the Packers, I just think, are head and shoulders above everybody else. If I had to rank the teams in order how I think – who should be the Super Bowl favorites? The Packers should be one. I think the Bucks should be two. The Chiefs should be three. And then I Titans be four, probably. By the way, I was sitting here thinking about what would be the best Super Bowl matchup. And it is the Packers and the Chiefs, right? Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Here we go. Gunslingers, let's have at it. That would be that that'd be the best matchup in terms of eyeballs and grabbing attention. The other matchup that I just, you know would think would be fantastic. Now, we've already had it this year, but that would be the Patriots and the Bucks. Not You know, the likelihood of that happening, slim to none. But the, at least in terms of the structure and, and attention and optics and all of those things, those would be your best matchups. Those would be your best matchups. What would be the worst one? Pittsburgh-Philly, but those are both seven seeds. It's just not going to happen. By the way, changing of the guard in the AFC North. Watch the baton pass this weekend. Roethlisberger to Burrow. That division has belonged to Big Ben for the better part of the last 15 years. It has, right? The Ravens have had some success as well. But that division's been Big Ben's division. Now it's Joe Burrow's division. Baker Midfield in Cleveland, eh. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, eh. Joe Burrow's legit, baby. Legit. Dude's legit. So, there you go. Small changing of the guard. Small changing of the guard as that baton. The baton was already passed, but the postseason passing will take place. So there's how we think the NFL postseason shakes out. And again, you know, I look at it, and we went back through and, and looked at this. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Brady had a great year. And look, you could sit there and say, Brady, you talk me into Brady, you bet you could. But I'm not adamant enough to sit here and say, it's Brady without a doubt. No, 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 come on. It's very, very close. 
It's very, very close. The difference, I, I saw what Green Bay was without Aaron Rodgers. Yikes. And I'm sure the Bucks would be equally as painful without Tom Brady. But there you go. It's going to be a good postseason. Good postseason. So, and I'm going to do the spreads and all that. I, I, I'm not giving scores in this just because I don't want to get inundated and draw this thing out. But I'll put the scores up on uh, Twitter, social media on Twitter over the weekend. I From that to this, I want to go back to college football because with Georgia finally getting over the hump, they were so due. 40-plus years due, right? They were 41 years due. And you look over the years and teams that are due that finally get over the hump, Michigan was, what, like 30, 40 years over the hump when they finally won in the late 90s? Teams have just gone forever. What was Ohio State, like 25 years? 35 years? 25 years? When they won in the early 2000s? So I was sitting here thinking, okay, well, who's due next? Who's due? And I didn't want to make the criteria it's been 40 years because good luck finding teams. So I went through and found the next three teams that are due. And one of the criteria is they couldn't have won a national championship the last 30 years. I shaved 10 years off what Georgia did. So I think these are the next three teams that are due to win a national championship. And again, the threshold is 30 years for me. I didn't want to come in here and say, well, who's due? Well, the Miami Hurricanes. Well, yeah, they just won a championship less than two decades ago. So it hasn't been that long ago for Miami. Going around and looking at other teams, too, I, I wanted to at least make this a big-time due thing. Not, not so much like Red Sox, Cubs, Indians do in baseball. Sorry, Guardians in baseball. But you get the idea. So here's the order that I have them in. I think of who's due, the next team to win a national championship, who's due is Texas A&M. That division is Alabama's division, and I get it. But A&M is recruiting at a feverish pace. Jimbo's recruiting like Kirby recruits. If you're Nick Saban and you're looking around, he's good. And this was his quote-unquote off year for Nick Saban. Fisher beat him. Now can Fisher beat some of these other small schools, or small schools, these other schools that he's supposed to beat and kick it into the next gear. His crossover games are favorable this year. He's got a weakened Florida team that's on his horizon. So I look at AM and the job that Jimbo Fisher's doing. He's going to win one. He is. He's going to win one. So I think AM, they've never won one, right? Or 60 years, 70 years, or whatever it is. They're due. AM's due. So I think who's due? Who's next? AM's next. And out of Georgia taking four decades to win theirs. After AM, who do I have on the list? I toyed with this one. And I actually wrote down a couple of teams here. But when it was all said and done, and this is going to be tricky, I think it's Baylor. I think it's Baylor, and here's why I think it's Dave Aranda and Baylor. Somebody's going to win this Big 12 prize. What I mean by that is when Oklahoma and Texas leave, the Big 12's got to belong to somebody. And the fact that Mike Gundy keeps dipping his toes in other jobs, the Tennessee job, reached out to Florida about the Florida job, Mike Gundy, I don't think is long for Oklahoma State. I was torn between Baylor and Oklahoma State of the next team who's due. And I came up with Dave Aranda and Baylor because Baylor has big money. They're going to continue to pay Dave Aranda. I thought LSU had a chance to prime away, but I don't see anybody coming along with what he's done there and finding a way to pay what pay him nine, ten million. He's not leaving for the Big Ten. He knows how to recruit. He knows how to recruit the South. He knows how to recruit Texas. And somebody's gonna win. Once Oklahoma and Texas are gone, somebody's got to be the big bad wolf of the Big 12. Gonna be a Texas school. It's gonna be Oklahoma State. Again with Mike Gundy flirting with other I don't think Mike Gundy's long for Oklahoma State. I just don't. So I think Baylor wins that war. 
And then Cincinnati enters the conference. Other teams are going right, to BYU's coming to the conference, but I but I think BYU's that team. So I think they're next after Texas A&M. So two Texas schools, right? And third on the list, I thought long and hard about this. Again, a team that hasn't won a national championship in over 30 years. Who's next? Who's due? Georgia didn't win one in 40. Knocked the criteria down to 30. Third on the list is Michigan State. What about Michigan, Harp? Michigan's won one in the last 30 years. Plus, Jim Harbaugh, NFL. The minute he leaves, that changes that game. Well, Seth, Ohio State, I get it. But Mel Tucker, here's the difference between Michigan and Michigan State to me. One, Harbaugh going to the NFL. Two, Mel Tucker, Southern guy, recruits the South, going to be able to grab talent up into East Lansing. And look how quickly he did it in two years. Mel Tucker's going to be able to go into Georgia, go into Florida, go into Alabama and get some talent. He just is. So Michigan State's the third thing. Now, look, those three may take a decade to get all this done. But I think A&M's next. Who's due after A&M? And, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, here's ready for this. I wouldn't be surprised at all if A&M wins it next year. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, and look, there's other teams out here too. I was thinking like, well, what about Notre Dame? I, I just don't. I'm not sold on Marcus Freeman. I'm just not. I got to see more than one game in which you have a three-touchdown lead and you blow it. I got to see more than one game where you have a three-touchdown lead and let the other team score 30 straight points and six straight possessions. So I'm going to go for that. And then I, I was talking, thinking about Pitt, like, but I, I just can't bring myself to it. So who's due? A&M, followed by Baylor, followed by Michigan State. I, I it would may flip Michigan State, may flip Michigan State and Baylor, but to me the difference is Baylor's in the Big 12, Michigan State is in the Big 10. Michigan State's got to deal with Ohio State. Baylor doesn't have to deal with anybody like that. So there's that. Okay, baseball. Oh, my. Baseball's players, owners getting together, meeting, talking, Trying to iron some of these wrinkles out. And spring training, less than a month away. Pitchers and catchers, less than a month away. They're, they're not close. They're not close. And what would what, what concerns what would concern me about how far apart they are is just some I mean, the minutiae that they, they worry about. And I get it, you need to worry about top to bottom, but other sports worry about like think about the biggest issues in the NFL. What is it? It's salary cap. What's the other issues in the NFL? It's about practices, OTAs, contact, workouts. That The NFL is strictly NFL stuff. Baseball, you look at everything that they're worried about. It's like, well, are you a super two? Are you, you know, this is one of baseball's proposals. I wrote it down because of how ridiculous it was. Um, ready for this? If you are a top 100 prospect and you're called up and you're in rookie of the year the team gets an extra draft pick. It's like, what? The, what that's that's the concern. Baseball offering to this was the plan. The baseball said they're talking to each team and the players and they're negotiating this stuff. If you're a top 100 prospect and um, you're on the opening day roster and uh, you get rookie of the year, you get an extra draft pick next year. It's like, so you're just gonna make the rich richer? What type? Of, could you imagine that? It'd be like. Yeah, look, we start a rookie quarterback in the NFL. He wins rookie of the year. We get an extra first round pick. It's like what type of? That's what baseball. That's what that's what they're talking about. Like, what? How's that fixing your sport? How's that fixing the lag of your sport? See, worried about the wrong stuff. Now, there's some things out there that I did see. Universal DH was thrown out there. Good. So at least we're there on that one. Expansion of rosters and and, and what have you. One of the big things is is. You know, 
baseball really, really wants, you know, they're talking about 14 team playoff, 14 team playoff. I think the magic number is 12. I'll tell you how you get to 12. Gonna take a couple years to get to 12, but I think the magic number is 12 once you realize what you can do. He, he, again, as these discussions take place, and there's so many things they need to worry about, they need to change the structure without changing the financial structure. And again, drastic measures is what baseball should do. Talked about this for a long time. Baseball's problem is you're starting way too late in October for the postseason. You're adding more teams. You're adding more games. That's why this thing's ending the first week in November now, and you got lucky this year that you were in Atlanta. Very lucky. You were in Atlanta and Houston. One of these years, you're going to end up in Cleveland and Chicago, and you're going to have a mess on your hands playing games on November 8th in Chicago. So here's what baseball needs to do. That's how you speed this thing up. Said it time and time again. Say it again. Every other Saturday is a doubleheader. Every other Saturday is a doubleheader. You shave two weeks off the off the, the regular season. So you're ending in the middle of September. Well, Seth, the weather and what if it gets rained out? Well, then you got to be very, very cautious about how you do these things. Doubleheader in Milwaukee. Hey, what do you know? They got a lid. Doubleheader in Arizona. Hey, they got a lid. Miami, they got a lid. Now, I understand you got to play some games and like the Cubs are going to get a doubleheader at home. I understand you could risk weather, but playing a doubleheader in Colorado on April 14th is a bad idea. So the Rockies probably wouldn't be getting doubleheaders until May at the earliest. So again, and here's the thing too. The roster, you add an extra player to each roster. That's long overdue. 26 team roster or 26 man roster goes up to 27 man rosters. Baseball has become such a specialty sport. And when you're going to go to the bullpen in the second inning of the postseason for five, six, seven straight games, your your lineup has changed. Things have changed. Add an extra player. That's how you stand the weight of the doubleheader. By the way, in the doubleheader, this is kind of tricky. Not all rules are off, and this is going to take some negotiating between the owners and the players, but the second game of a doubleheader, we can bring guys up, we can bring them down, we can we can make any adjustments as possible. You get paid to be brought up, all, all those things. Because baseball's got this thing where, oh, time served, and you do this, and then you eligible for arbitration. They need to rework the system bad. See, it's, why, it's so caught up in the minutia of the minors. They're so caught up at the bottom of the totem pole as opposed to the top of the totem pole. Baseball just got it all messed up. Big solutions. I like the universal DH. It's smart. Nobody goes up there and is like, so much strategy. Yes, I really, really go to baseball games to watch the you know pitcher and the second baseman swap places in the lineup in the eighth inning. Yeah, that's why I go and watch. Woohoo! Oh, it's such strategy. Yes, the team's sixth best infielder is in the game now hitting where the pitcher is. That's why I go watch. Not to go watch a guy that hits 40 home runs and drives in 120 runs every year going up against Aldoris Chapman throwing 100 miles an hour. Who wants to see that? Give me the fifth best utility infielder. So that's one thing that I would do. I talked about also the 27-man roster. Um, by the way, how do you get to 12 teams in the postseason? Baseball has to put a plan in for expansion. Charlotte, Nashville, Montreal, Vegas. Pick two. And I know they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do in Tampa. Look, it's not going to last there. In five years, that's over. It just is. There's not, it's not feasible to pull this off and playing half your games in Montreal and half your games in Tampa. It's just not going to work. It's just not. So baseball, you got to step in and say, you know, or get off the pot. That's it. You build something new. You, you help us structure-wise revenue, or you're done. You can't do that. Of course you can't. 
All leagues can force owners out and make changes if they have to, if that team is hurting the sports collective overall financially. That's why they're going to start pointing the finger in Jacksonville and the NFL and Buffalo if they don't get them a new stadium. So, overall, that's what you do if you're baseball. you you, you got to get to 32. Let's say, just for argument's sake, that the Rays move to Montreal. Knock yourself out. Okay, now you're still at 30. What do you do? Nashville gets a team. Boom, 31. And let's just say Vegas gets a team. 32. Oakland moves to Vegas. All right, fine. We're back to 31. All right, got to get to 32. Charlotte gets a team. And then eight divisions of four, four division champs, two wild card winners, six teams each division. And then, ready for this? This is where the fun begins. Top two get four days off to start the postseason. Three plays six, four plays five. Best two out of three. So you reward the top two teams in each league, the best records. They wait. Four plays five, three plays six, best two or three. It's not just these. So at least there's real fight. You make it three out of five if you want, if you're really going to get that. Well, Seth, it's fine. Make it three out of five. Go for it. Fine. Remember, we knocked two weeks off. We're starting in mid-September now. So this is taking place September 15th because of our every other doubleheaders on Saturday. That's how you fix it. Oh, by then, the two teams will then play the top two teams, and there you go. It's our plan. Baseball's far apart. Bad stuff. So, I think maybe May. Mid-May at the earliest. Mid-May at the earliest. So, there you go. Harbaugh Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe on all of our platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter. Podcasts available for you on Buzzsprout, Spotify, uh, along with Apple Podcasts. And, of course, Harp on Sports, the YouTube page, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, and HarpOnSports.com. I've got five NFL trades that should happen this offseason. And they're smart, well-thought-out trades. You can check them out at HarpOnSports.com as well. Latest article. And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends.